Hello, and welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you, as always, from the studios of KALW Information Radio in San Francisco. KALW allows us to carry our discussions up and down the West Coast, from the Bay to the Ocean, and all over the world on KALW.org. And it's the spirit of philosophers and philosophers' corner down on the Stanford campus that inspires us. Today on Philosophy Talk, corporations. Oh, Corporations, John. Oh, I, I, you know, some of my favorite friends are corporations. Ha, 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 that's a joke. Uh, what, what's the big deal about corporations? I mean, well, corporations, from a philosophical point of view, are puzzling right from the get-go because we're told that corporations are persons. Now, that sounds a little strange, so they say artificial persons. But what in the world does that mean? Well, that's a darn good question. A corporation's a person. Can it love? Can it hate? Does it have fear? Does well, it have lust? I mean, corporations are artificial persons because they are allowed to do to have certain properties. They're deemed to have certain properties that typically people have. For example, they can enter into agreements, contracts, have certain kind of fiduciary responsibilities. Uh, they can uh, uh, do all sorts of things, but. Economists often tell us that, you know, corporations can make a profit for their shareholders and they can have that as a goal, but it doesn't make sense for them to love and hate. But how come it doesn't? If it makes sense for them to enter into obligations, why doesn't it make sense for them to love and hate? Well, because they're just, they're very, they're persons in the sense that you just said, John, but they're, they're very limited kind of persons. They buy and sell. You know, they acquire and, and they have they, they operate under this directive, under this, I, I, if I understand the law right, or at least certain court decisions right, under the directive that their sole goal, their sole goal is to maximize shareholder profit. But, but, but that's it. I, that's they're, so it. they're very limited persons. That doesn't make any sense to me, Ken. I mean, why are they persons at all? You can't. I mean, it sounds to me like they're just creatures of, of the, the stockholders, right? If, if their only goal is to... Uh, achieve things. I mean, it's like a robot. If I made a robot that did exactly what I said and then said, oh, but because it's a robot, I'm not responsible for what it does. You know? right. And isn't that what corporations well, do? Well, wait a minute. The corporation is an insulator between uh, the shareholders and the responsibility for its actions. But then it turns out that its actions have to reflect exactly their Profit motives. Well, well it, it makes no sense. So you think they're kind of derivative. But, you know, there's an important thing about corporations, especially in America and probably elsewhere in the world, but I know most about America. There's this thing called limited liability, right? So if I invest in a corporation and the corporation does some, let's say, foul deed that causes somebody great harm, well, as a shareholder in the corporation, I'm, I'm on the hook. But I'm only on the hook to the extent that I, I have a share in the corporation. Only what I've invested at, in the corporation is at risk. I, I, that, I, that's, a, that's, that's a cool thing. Well, it's a cool thing from one point of view. I understand it perfectly, Ken. Suppose that you and I decide philosophy talk is so profitable. This is a, what, uh, it's what philosophers call a hypothetical or counterfactual story. Philosophy talk is so profitable that we got we to gotta, uh, uh, form a company. So we go down to our, our lawyer, you know, Hegel, Schlegel, and Bagel. Yeah, right. And, uh, and, and uh, Hegel or Schlegel or Bagel says, now, now, what kind of company do you guys want to form? We say, I don't know. He says, well, you better form a corporation. Why should we form a corporation? Because then the corporation will have its assets, and they will be different from your assets. And if somebody sues you for something, 
uh, the corporation's assets can be used to pay off the lawsuit, but your assets, your house, uh, your your fortune, yeah, your you know your your considerable collection of slightly used suits will be safe from from those uh, lawsuits. So well, so that's good for us. But then we'd say, but wait a minute, if if it if it's independent of us, will we have control over it? Oh, you have perfectly good control. Control of it's good for us, but it sounds like somebody's. So you getting think screwed. there's a kind of a paradox there, right? We own it, but we're not. In some sense, not we're not totally on the hook for it. It serves our interest. We own it, but we're not totally on the hook for its uh, its actions. Yeah, it's uh, for a, the it, cost of its actions. Yeah, when it when it yeah. comes comes <laughs> when it might cost us money. Oh, that's a corporation. It's a separate person. When it comes to deciding what to do, well, it's ours. We own it. We control it. What? But I'm sure that if we had a real expert on corporations, someone who understood the law and didn't just sit in a chair, an armchair like me, and make it up, he could explain why it all makes sense. You know what, John? You, you, you're right about that, and we have an expert. Uh, our guest today is uh, Professor Lawrence E. Mitchell. He's a professor at law at George Washington University. He's author of a really fascinating book called Corporate Irresponsibility, America's Newest Export, and a forthcoming book called Corporations, a Contemporary Approach. Uh, Professor Mitchell, welcome to Philosophy Talk. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hello, Professor Mitchell. Can we Hi. call you Larry? Please do. Okay, so Larry, uh, America's exported many things to the world, some really good things like the Bill of Rights and the steam engine and the airplane and mass production, and some lay rotten things like landmines and nuclear weapons and uh, the idea of preemptive war. Which, which is corporations, or which are corporations? No, they or, like on the good part or the bad yeah, part? Yeah, good part <laughs> or the bad part? Well, first let me say I'm not sure they're an American export. Um, corporations have been with us almost from time immemorial in some form or another. Um, obviously, the modern business corporation is a 19th century development and really um, uh, was perfected um, in, in uh, Western Europe, uh, Germany, France, and England. Uh, before uh, we really uh, developed the modern public corporation. So, uh, so the modern version of it is kind of due to America. Well, the modern version of it, um, the refinement of the modern version of it mm -hmm. that creates the beautiful American corporation is ours. And, we're now, and that is what we're now turning back, and we are exporting it. And it's, 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 you can't say it's good or it's bad, I don't think. I mean, I was listening to you guys with real interest because I would have loved to jump in <laughs> a second. You've got some good thoughts here that I've jump away to too. Jump away, um, yeah. But as far as the corporation is, is value neutral, it seems to me. It's all what you make of it. You were talking about why a corporation is a person. Well, the only sense in which it's a person is, is the juridical sense that it can enter contracts, that it can sue or be sued, that sort of thing, as an entity. Um, and the limited liability helps to define the personhood, although I think it makes the corporation the greatest externalizing machine in the world in no, economic no, no, terms. That, that was that, you're using that a technical term yeah. there. Why don't you stop and uh, tell us what, what you mean by an externalizing machine? Well, of course, every economic activity produces positive and negative effects and sometimes effects on people who are not participants in it. Um, part, uh, effects that, are, uh, uh, that, that, that fall upon people not participants that are not good are called negative externalities. Um, limited liability allows the corporation, in effect, to maximize its profits for the shareholders um, while because of the limited liability, they have a very uh, defined obligation, uh, defined bottom, uh, defined uh, um, downside, if it were. Um, 
and, and so they can ex uh, impose the costs of that profit making on um, everybody other than the shareholders, Wait on the employees, for example. Sorry. This sounds, they, you said the corporations are neutral, right? But it sounds to me like they're potentially very dangerous because well, they, I mean, let me, let me set, set you up and tell, you, tell, tell me how, whether I'm thinking rightly or wrongly about this. Look, okay, so they're persons in this limited juridical sense, you said, but they have one overriding goal. I mean, persons are defined by their goals and the means they take to their goals, but they have one overriding goal, maximize their shareholders' profit. Mm -hmm. Then they have this limited liability, which enables them... There are costs associated with their maximizing their profits. And who's going to bear the cost? The rest of us, not it. They have this incentive to push the cost of their, of their activity onto us. So, you know, the workers, they hire a bunch of workers. They have a thriving business. They see, oh, wait a minute, I can get cheaper labor over in, in India. So they lay off all those workers and they go shift their production to India. And what's left? They're a bunch of unemployed workers looking for jobs. Now, who has to bear the cost of that? The body politic, not the corporation. Well, first, um, as a philosopher, I would just ask you to think about whether a corporation is, whether it's relevant that a corporation creates jobs in the United States or creates jobs in India. I mean, you get into questions of world distribution of wealth um, at that point, <clears throat> and it would seem to me that wealth creation in India is no less valid than wealth creation here. Uh, but that's that really, it's not my point to defend that practice. It's uh, just an observation that, that I think that we we focus on jobs here, and maybe rightly because the corporations that are incorporated in the United States are creations of the various states, um, although many of them have, most of them have nothing to do with the states in which they're incorporated. Um, and so maybe that gives them some uh, civic responsibility. Uh, uh, so so I, I under, okay, let's set that point as aside, I want to get back to this concept of externality. Mm -hmm. Is an externality by definition negative? I mean, yeah. for for example, suppose we form our company Philosophy Talk and we have an employer, our roving philosophical reporter. She gets a job, right? Uh, her family gets some income. It, it, uh, that Those facts are good. They don't directly benefit us. That's kind of a positive externality? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose it is, um, which is why I, w I started with the premise that corporations are neither intrinsically good nor intrinsically bad. Um, it's really about who, the who runs the corporation, who makes its decisions. But before, before we get to that, um, the idea that um, the corporation as a limited liability animal <clears throat> is is necessarily um, evil. It's, well, of course, there are positive externalities, but this idea of limited liability itself isn't necessarily or naturally part of corporateness. Mm. Um, it's it's construct, right? It's not it's not nature. So, so are you saying that there's not a platonic essence of corporations that that, <laughs> no. that has been around in memorial, that there's some kind of a hodgepodge of different things? Absolutely. And they could be different? And, and in fact, the thing that can be most different is this idea of maximizing shareholder profit. Um, it really wasn't until the 1990s that what we tend to refer to as shareholder valueism, which is not quite the same as maximizing shareholder profit, but is the foundation for it. Um, became the operating premise of pretty much all American corporations. Um, corporations are about making goods and providing services. Um, and they can be run 
in a variety of ways that allow them to be responsible, um, governed by the, the ultimate goal of the, the, well, the well-being of the business, but governed by the moral sensibilities of the board of directors. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.